A few years ago, I asked a, a brilliant physicist with Boeing if he had noticed a difference in the post-college grads coming to work for him across his 30 years with the company. I mean, these were top-notch grads from prestigious institutes of technology. But without hesitation, he said, yes. And I asked, in what way? And he said, well, I, I've got an example from just today. One of my team asked me to come to his workstation to show me a problem that he could not solve. He stepped back and he let me sit down in front of the computer and I began working on the problem, explaining what I was doing step by step. At one point, I asked him a question and there was no response. I looked around and, and he had walked away. <laughs> I mean, it turned out that he didn't really want to understand how to solve the problem. He just wanted it solved and he got me to do it. <laughs> well, that anecdote tells me something about our culture that has nothing to do with the younger generation, but everything to do with the influence of our culture over us all. And let's talk about that today. Hi, if we haven't met yet, I'm Doug Newton, a pastor for 45 years, a national award-winning magazine editor and author of 24 books, and this is At the Intersection with Doug Newton, where scripture, culture, and character meet. I'm here to help you pursue the kind of character needed to align with scripture faithfully and to engage culture graciously. Graciously. <clears throat> now, each week, uh, I give... Uh, one, make one observation of the culture, give one specific insight from, uh, from Scripture that speaks to that issue, and I suggest one way to strengthen the character that you and I need to relate to our mixed-up world with exemplary grace and fresh impact. Now, this is a no-gripe zone. Our question is not what's wrong with our culture, it's about what's the right way to respond. The anecdote that I opened with is is funny. I mean, <laughs> we're tempted to roll our eyes over the work quirks of the younger generation. But my point is not to bash our culture or the younger generation especially, but it is important for us to face facts. In a world where consumers expect products, equipment, and computer programs to be user-friendly, is it any wonder that there are two character traits that seem to have gone AWOL among people of all ages, not just the younger generation, and that's patience and persistence with anything complicated? I mean, the typical person has, has little tolerance um, for anything but the simplest of instructions. I mean, who even reads owner's manuals anymore, right? All we want is the quick start guide. And then you think about assembly instructions. I mean, they used to have words, <laughs> but with IKEA leading the way, we are now given stick figure drawings, right? I mean, cute though they may be, that says something about what people not only want, but most likely what they actually need. Simple, easy to follow guidance. Well, Aristotle argued that good character is the product of developing good habits through practice. But the more user-friendly everything becomes, the less likely people are to practice the kind of patience and persistence that's needed for truly complex challenges. I mean, most things in life require more than following IKEA instructions, right? <laughs> but most people don't put up with things that are too difficult. I'm thinking about John F. Kennedy's famous words at the beginning of a football game back in, I think, 1962, about sending, very famous, about sending a man to the moon. Listen to what he said. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal 
will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win. I mean, did you hear what he said at the very beginning? We do these things not because they're easy, but because they are hard. We do it, we choose it because it's hard. That seems almost outer space-like to us today, doesn't it? Like an alien is saying that. Well, in the 1994 movie River Wild with Kevin Bacon and Meryl Streep, there's this scene where Meryl Streep's character complains to her mother about her challenging marriage to her workaholic husband. Now, if you're listening to this on an audio podcast only, the scene is set on a farm field. There's a long diagonal fence uh, running through the center of the screen, and Meryl Streep is leaning against the fence, and it's set inside gold and wheat, and her mother comes and walks up to her, and they have this brief conversation. I think my marriage, Mama. Oh, Bean. Damn. Well, he uh, just can't seem to make time for us anymore. He's let himself get so beaten up by his job. And he hates it. But he spends every waking minute over there. He hasn't been home one weekend since Christmas. I don't know what it is that he's trying to prove. But I'm really sick of the whole thing. Sick of the whole fight. Everything has become unbelievably hard. Honey, forgive me, but you don't know what hard is. It's because you give yourself an out. In our generation, we had no out. It was the pact of marriage. Think that if I gave myself an out with your father, given his honoriness and his deafness, that I wouldn't have taken it years ago. Now, oh, that's a great scene, isn't it? And all of us who believe in keeping promises and sticking to commitments, we say, yes, yes, people these days, they give themselves an out. <laughs> But that movie, filmed almost 30 years ago, showed the daughter, did you notice, quietly accepting the mom's gentle rebuke. After 45 years of pastoral ministry, I've got to tell you that things these days have changed since 1994. Today, the mom's gentle rebuke would not have been met with silence, but probably with a very quick, perhaps even terse, how? How? Well, how am I supposed to do that? Tell me, tell me how. <laughs> In a culture that demands user-friendliness, relationships with other people from marriage to co-workers and neighbors are just too complex to ever be user-friendly. The very thing we need is the very thing most people no longer have to give, patience and persistence. You see, user-friendliness has robbed us all of the training our culture used to provide for developing patience and persistence to figure things out. Have you ever watched HGTV? That's the channel that features house renovation, restoration, and remodeling. Most of the shows start with an average house or even a house in ill repair, and they end with a transformed showpiece. We can't wait for the reveal, as it's called, right? But here's something I've noticed. They show a lot of uh, about transforming the look of the house, but they rarely show you enough of how they did it. I mean, yes, you watch them tear out walls, floors, HVAC, broken down foundations, and so forth. And yes, you watch them line their cliche kitchen walls with the in vogue cabinets du jour, <laughs> but they never show you how to hang those cabinets level, because most walls on most houses, especially older ones, the walls are not plumb, they're not square. How do you how do you hang those cabinets so that they're plumb and level and square and strong? 
In contrast, there is one show, the long-running series, This Old House, that does do that. They offer very detailed demonstrations of everything from, from dado cuts, dovetail joints, to even the nailing points for cedar shingles. I mean, everything. It's like you're right there as an apprentice to a skilled craftsman. Now, HGTV is metaphor. In a user-friendly culture where people lack the patience and persistence needed for facing the complexities of life and relationships, everybody needs a this-old-house level of guidance. I mean, all around us are people who live in a state of quandary. And they lack the patience and persistence that's needed to maintain focus and dig for solutions. Because, see, ultimately, the only hope for living life well is to develop the skill of asking what I call the relentless how. This is the skill where you make a decision to do something, but immediately ask, well, how am I going to do that? And then you take that answer and you ask yourself again, well, how am I going to do that? And then you take that answer and you ask yourself again, well, how am I going to do that? And so forth until you get down to kind of a rock bottom place to start from. For example, let's say you need to lose 25 pounds in three short weeks. How are you going to do that? Well, I thought I would reduce my intake. Okay, well, how are you going to do that? Well, I'll start controlling my portions and calories. Okay, well, how are you going to do that? I'll find a diet plan that's appropriate for my age and just follow their their pre-planned program. Okay, well, how are you going to do that? You see how it goes? You keep asking how for every step you think of that you can take until you get to a bottom where no more how questions really need to be answered, and you start from that point. Until a person digs that deep into the levels of how, they're not going to be successful. And for people like me who understand the absolute necessity of facing the relentless how HGTV is a frustration. I mean, most of the shows focus so much on the cosmetic transformation of the house as they work toward the all-important reveal. They never spend the time showing the how as deeply as I would need in order to do what they did. Sure, maybe Margie and I, we've agreed that we want to remodel our house into an open concept floor plan in modern farmhouse style. You see, I, I got the lingo. But mostly the show gives you the hows regarding colors and lighting and surfaces and finishes, but not not the engineering, the installation, the tools, the craftsman skills that you're going to need. I mean, in all the episodes I've watched showing a total floor replacement, I still have never found one that demonstrates how you measure, cut, and trim the pieces that meet the wall or that have to wrap around a door. I mean, (laughs) would someone show me how to do that? And I'm tuned in to the issue of asking the relentless how. Lots of people aren't, and they're prone to create the open concept by just picking up a sledgehammer and bashing away. <laughs> and, and that's when they realize they are way in over their head and they call for help. And apparently that has been the experience of so many people lured into home makeovers by the wow reveal of HGTV shows. They now have whole shows that are dedicated to helping people get out of their mess. If they started complex projects before they knew what they were doing because they had not learned the wisdom and the practice of the relentless how. <clears throat> HGTV is metaphor. 
Our user-friendly culture shows us images of, of fulfilling relationships, of financial uh, success, of meaningful work, of outstanding skills, but, but never warns us about how much wisdom and work is required. Wisdom and work that requires patience and persistence that our user-friendly culture has helped, not helped us to develop. But again, HGTV is metaphor. You know, the plot line for most of those shows involves an expert coming in to save the day. <laughs> Someone who can get them out of their mess and create an astounding solution. And judging by the way these HGTV shows have multiplied like rabbits, this plot line is a winner. Because that's exactly what most people want and need in their life. In some way, at some level, to some degree, come in and help me fix this mess. So, why don't we leverage that plot line as we serve people in this culture? Now, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you can be a person who has become so skilled at asking the relentless how that you will easily have something to offer as you help people walk through their challenges. You see, you just keep, you help them keep answering the question. So how are you going to do that? You don't have to give them all sorts of advice here, do this. You just keep asking. So how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? But if you are a follower of Jesus, the motivation to develop your skills in the use of the relentless how is even greater than just helping people get out of their problems. You're actually able to be part of, get this, a grand reveal where you reveal the nature of God in those moments. I mean, after all, what does the Bible reveal to us about God? Old Testament, New Testament, even though the Old Testament gets some bad press because there are things that are hard to understand, you still nevertheless see from the very beginning and all the way through the Old Testament, a constant, a constant display of this God who loves to guide his people. Pillar of fire at night, cloud uh, of a pillar of clouds during the day. And then he gives us his word and his word says is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, the passion of God to guide. And then along comes Jesus, the perfect expression of the nature of God. And this Jesus who taught his disciples by walking alongside of them and demonstrating kingdom methods, this Jesus who even related to them as apprentices, where he's teaching them, he said, I no longer call you uh, servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. This, this Jesus who looked out at the multitudes as harassed and helpless sheep, who too often try to renovate their lives with sledgehammers. This is the nature of God to step into those moments and guide people to something better, something right and true and good. And then this Jesus spoke of his spirit as what? The paraclete, which, which means the one called alongside. This is the one Jesus sent on his behalf that we can call alongside when we need his help and guidance. And this Jesus is always ready to help each of us by his spirit, then to be the flesh and blood paracletes for others, a person who can help people who've been disabled by user-friendliness to learn and follow the path marked out by the relentless how life, school, life skill. Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and counsel 
one another with all wisdom. See, the Word of Christ, by the Spirit of God, the, what you know from Scripture, the Spirit of God enlivens that and helps point that in a direction in, in the way that's needed for counseling other people. I mean, we become the demonstration of compassion, God's compassion, His nature. What a compelling witness we can have. Well, I've got another cross uh, guide for you today called the Crosswalk. Uh, for you to use, I, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to take time to go through it all, but basically what it does is it offers, uh, practice exercises to help you develop the skills of using the relentless how in your own life. You see, you've got to, you've got to develop that habit in your own life. Then you can use it for the sake of others, as well as I'm going to give you some practice in looking for opportunities. You're going to find that this is a great skill to develop. So I hope you'll download this very helpful guide. And I'm glad to see that many of you listening to this podcast have been downloading this free character development tool every week. And since we acknowledged in the opening section of the podcast that our user-friendly culture tends to leave us less trained in the trait of of persistence and perseverance. Um, it's probably a good time for me just to let you know I do have a training module on developing perseverance in my character development program called Ways to Improve Your Character and Everything Else. If you think that the, that you might want to concentrate on growing that trait in your own life. Also, if you appreciate what I'm trying to do in the podcast, again, would you share it with your friends? Subscribe to my Fresh Impact YouTube channel. That is, I mean, the podcast is beginning to kind of spread out, and that's because of those of you who are sharing it. It's gotten beyond the circle of people who are on because they know me or know of me or something like that. So I really uh, appreciate that. In fact, we've had um, hundreds of downloads on the audio podcast um since that's been going this last eight weeks. Remember, I'm going to have a permanent version of this up on YouTube, and also the audio-only version is going to be available uh, by tomorrow. Now, all the information about the podcast, past and future, can be found on our website, and all the links can be found at the end of this video. So I want to thank you again for tuning in. I'd love to hear from you. Even send me thoughts about what you might like me to address. I'm ready. Uh, I'm already looking forward to next week to an episode titled Asking the Relentless Why. <laughs> hey, stop the presses. Look, as I was putting this video together in its final form, it occurred to me, you know, this relentless how is so important that it might be good to take one more week where we actually give you some scenarios of how to use the relentless how in guiding other people. So next week, my wife and I will be on camera and we'll go through some role playing on two or three different scenarios and show you how you can use the relentless how in guiding other people through their challenging circumstances. Sound good? All right. I'll see you then. Bye. <laughs> now, I hope you'll join me again next week at the intersection. And remember, when it comes to asking how, got to get relentless. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>